Welcome to Inside the Agency. I'm your host, Michelle Govan. I'm your co-host, Nicole Shawcross. We have Kurt Evans with us today, actor, artist to artist, creator, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello. Hi. Hello out there. Dead silence. So, Perfect. I, <laughs> I, Kurt, just before we started recording, Kurt had asked about, uh, he was interested in picking our brains about agents and what they're dealing with right now with the new era that we're in. What questions from an actor's perspective or even from your perspective would you have for agents? Well, uh, you know, Michelle was just saying how busy uh, you guys were and how extra busy you were uh, mm -hmm. from, from previous times. And uh, and now that everything's moved online, uh, you know, I can see that you're spending a ton of time in front of the computer like most of us are. Um, what else has changed? Like, is it is it just more breakdowns now, more auditions being thrown your way? or? I I think from my perspective, like I'm the one uploading. So now all auditions are coming through agents now versus before I would say 70% at least were in the room, 75% even were in the room. So yeah. you're just sending out the appointment. Now you're sending out the appointment and then processing the self tape. So now we're, we're processing 100% of the auditions. So that workload on our, us is we're used to, you know, some self tapes, like I said, 25% were maybe self tapes, but now everything's coming through us yeah. um, and we're having to process as well. Yeah. And ever what we were just talking about too, is that everyone's learning how to do self tapes, right? Everyone's trying to figure this thing out, how to, how to get it right. And every casting director wants something slightly different. Yes. Uh, yeah. It's so it, reading, we keep saying this, like I'm big about like, we're, you know, you have to comb through everything with a fine tooth. It's like very fine details. So casting directors won't look at it if it's not labeled properly or they don't, or gets lost in the mix. If you haven't separated your slate or they wanted the slate at the end, you know, we're having to double check that as well when before we're submitting it or before we're uploading it. Yeah. Also trying to hunt people down to make sure that they're getting their tapes in on time because for actors access, anything on EcoCast, that link is disappeared. It's gone. So now we have to go to the trouble of reaching out to casting, getting them to reassess the link again. Um, so it's extra work and they're processing everything as well off with all the self tapes. And sending out the breakdowns and all those types of things. It's so. just been a, it's just been a bizarre time, Kurt, because, yeah. you know, again, all the shows were holding, holding, holding. And then the moment that lockdown went down, I make this joke. It was like the Disneyland gates opened and everybody wants to get on the ride as quick as they can. And so it, it the shit hit the fan really fast. Now we are noticing since the COVID testing, uh, was taking a long time installing shows since then. And then the election, uh, the pace has slowed down some, and now the shows have kind of got caught up. So at first it was, we have to get everything out in now. And now we're noticing we're dropping into more of that routine of episode to episode, but they're casting very far in advance. And I think the biggest thing that I'm noticing is casting directors are wanting to book you an, a month in advance, like an actor, yeah. because the COVID testing is taking so long. They want to pin everybody. But the shame is, as we know, it's very hard to be a strong and, and good agent when a cast manager is pressuring you to close on something December 10th and it's October 31st, <laughs> because again, you don't want that 
blackout date or dates. Like if it's, if it's a lead, that's one thing on a movie of the week, or if it's a guest star, it's one thing, look, they're going to pay you decently and it's okay to block out that time. But if it's like, Hey, we've got one day, you know, December 17th and it's the beginning of November, that's hard. And the agent's pressured to close on those deals now. So there's a lot of different pressures. I mean, Nicole used to be my assistant in everything. Like she'd help me do breakdowns. She'd help you know, handle the emotional states of clients. She, you know, well, I do a lot of that, but she'd at least help my emotional state. Um, now, you know, all she does is send out auditions and uploads. There's no time for her to do absolutely anything else other than help out with commercial breakdowns. So, and we're just about to launch a voice division. So this, it has become, you know, a full-time job. It's like Nicole plus we're doing I, the podcast. Plus, plus we're doing this. So um, yeah. uh, free time, it's about two hours a week, I would say, where I can actually shut off. But that's just because, you know, Nicole and I have decided that we're committing to this insanity and we want to do the best we can for our clients. And so even last night at nine o'clock, auditions were coming through. I was on my computer. I opened back my computer. Even on Sundays, weekends are the PM. same. It's yep. coming in on the weekends as well, or tapes need to be uploaded on weekends. So and what I've heard too is that casting directors are seeing more submissions than than normal, right? Like pre-COVID, they would see maybe ten people or eight people for a role in the room, and now, you know, they're getting I don't know, like twenty tapes. Is that is that accurate? They're doing so. They're actually doing twenty to forty. Oh my instead God. of eight to 12. Yeah. So that's the difference too. And that's also hard for actors because the ones that are getting shortlisted, uh, you know, you have more competition or the ones that are doing absolutely great work. Like the tapes, I was talking to a couple of casting directors this week and they were saying, you know, it's such a shame. The quality of work is really strong because the actors aren't getting nervous coming in the room. They know their reader now they're controlling their environment. So the nerves are less. So the work is better quality. As we know, a lot of actors prefer to control their environment than to be thrown into an environment at a casting office. So the work is coming in so strong. So a lot of actors are scratching their heads going, how am I not getting that booking? But it's because the competition is triple than what it used to be. Well, this is this is the one of the biggest things I found. I mean, I've, I've self-taped now, oh, I don't know, 40, 50 times since COVID started or, or COVID let up and we, we rebooted. And, uh, and, I, and you just kind of feel like you're in a bit of a bubble. You know, um, previously you could walk in the room and you can get some kind of something, a feeling, a, a vibe from a casting director, or if the director's there, even better, you get, you get some kind of connection or some kind of feedback mechanism. And now there's nothing you just, Zero. You, you, you click send and it's out there and you have, you know, you cross your fingers and you hope you've done your best work, but you really have no sense of how you're doing, which is really disconcerting as someone who performs for an audience. That's why it's so important. Agents do watch all these self tapes that we yeah. do get the actor some kind of feedback because they're not going to get it from casting. Yeah, it's nice to hear. But on, honestly, uh, feedback from my agent, I'm like, Okay, good job. All right. Or, or <laughs> great, great. Let's, let's uh, tell me when I book it. <laughs> Cause that's yeah. really the only feedback, right? The only feedback that you want to get is I don't mind hearing that I'm on hold. Some actors don't like it, but I kind of like it. It's, it. That's, that's a little bit of feedback for me at least. Um, Even too, if you're getting in with a casting director consistently, that's also positive feedback. Cause they like what they're seeing. Yeah. I think that's sometimes I know it's, kind of counterintuitive because it's just more self tapes going into the abyss. But it's, I think when you're consistently seeing the same casting is asking for you or requesting tapes, that's a positive. 
or yeah. at least try and look at it as a positive. Yeah, no, it's a positive. <laughs> but you it's... guys are so right. Like this is, you guys need to see that like, okay, that's great. Now try it this way when you were in the room or they would work with you or they'd be like, great work, Kurt. Like, thanks so much. And you'd leave the room going, okay, I did what I needed to do. And like you said, now, even me and Nicole, like we're sending out all this great work and we're like, why is it not coming back? Like some of it is, obviously some is resulting in bookings, but so much of it, like I think Nicole and I sent what? close to 700 self tapes in the last two months. And we probably got 20 bookings, 25 bookings, maybe a bit more than that, but still I thought it should have been a lot greater. <laughs> but everyone's batting average is down because yeah. casting directors are seeing 40 people for a single role, right? Mm -hmm. Your rejection level as an actor or as an agent, it's going to go sky high, right? Mm -hmm. So now instead of dealing with a, like every one out of 10 auditions I'm booking, uh, I, I'm like one out of 20, right? Or one out of 30. And, uh, and that's hard. That's mm -hmm. really like mentally hard. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, some people are doing really, really well in this environment. I was talking to a friend of mine um, who's also a, a panelist for Artist to Artist. And, you know, he, he's loving it. He's like, uh, he, he's, he's in his glory here. He's got total control. And he was the type of guy who, who felt like he always, he had a little bit of too much nerves in the room. So having that control at home and being able to do it all himself uh, was a great boon for him. And he's thriving. Casting definitely has their tried and true that they will always see. But now they're starting to see newer actors, new faces, which is nice for great for the newer people or developmental or trying to get into the room with casting that, you know, haven't seen them before. Yeah. Hopefully they get past that, you know, 10 second mark of the, of the, uh, <laughs> the clip, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> if you feel like a tip for actors is if you feel like the second scene is stronger than the first scene, put it, put it up first and, and you have to capture casting, especially right now with all the self tapes, get casting's attention in the first 10 plus seconds. So put up your best thing first. That's interesting. I, I, I have always defaulted to the order of the script. Right. Um, and, uh, I, I would imagine it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you could probably get away with that as long as casting would be okay with it. Right. So just so you know, we've done this for years, Kurt. So yeah. yes, casting does prefer the scenes to be in chronological order, but I have to tell you if the first scene's kind of dry and you flip that client self tape, guess what? I've actually kind of pulled, I would say 80% of it goes to either a shortlist or a booking because you're actually giving casting a refreshing start because they're seeing 30 of the same identical starts. And all of a sudden like, wait a second. And it actually catches them off guard. They watch and then they go into the second scene. So look, I'm not saying do it all the time. It is do it when you feel that the first doesn't sell mm. you as well. I like it. I'm going to try I'll Maybe check with your agent before you flip them because, you know, <laughs> normally it's me and Nicole that flip them. The actor sends it in chronological. Watch it. We'll go, hmm, flip these. Right now, though, we have no time to edit. No. <laughs> so I was going to say, I'm shooting people back if they haven't sent it to me properly. Like if they haven't separated slate or something, I'm like, separate your slate or get the slate at the end. Or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely pushing back more than I normally would. Otherwise I would. I would have time to edit or adjust right now. We do yes. not have time. <laughs> we, we used to have that time actually poor, poor us last week. We had to do a rush demo for someone who was shortlisted for something quite large. And of course they couldn't figure out how to edit on their computer to do a demo. So here's me not eating lunch, not having breakfast, burning through, creating this demo for Toronto casting. And I made it happen, but 
you know, I think right now we just need the support of the actor to really like team up with us, do what you can to relieve some of the stress on our end. And we'll try to do the same for you, but let's work together and try to make this a well-oiled machine (laughs) instead of a shit show. Cause it's also helping casting out. And then the easier we make it for casting as well, they'll be like, Oh great. This person always sends it in on time. It's always labeled properly. It's already in, it's always in the right order or the right, you know, the stipulations are always correct you make it easier for casting. So they're going to also invite you back to keep taping. If it's confusing Mm -hmm. or they never send it labeled or it gets lost in the mix, they're just like, I'm not even going to bother. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, casting won't watch a lot of tapes now if they're not labeled right or uploaded. Right. But let's, that's enough of our rant of what's going on right now. Let's talk about you and artist to artist. We want to know more about this. Sure. What do you want to know? Uh, How did you create start it? From the start. Um, <laughs> start from the beginning, huh? Yeah. Uh, well, it started back in um, the first showcase was in uh, uh, July of 2019. And uh, that came about uh, through a whole lot of conversation with a whole lot of people. Um, essentially, the, the thing that I was trying to um, address is that uh, I, I've on the side I teach and uh, I see a lot of really great young actors or emerging actors coming through, and I think you know you're going to be able to find a way to to get into this industry. That you've got something, you've got something valuable here, um, and uh, and just trying to encourage. And um, and what had happened so many times was was that they weren't able to make that first step. You know, maybe they got an agent. Um, and, uh, and then just couldn't find a way into the room in a substantial enough way to actually show what they, what they can do. Um, you know, maybe they brought, got brought in the room for a one or two line and, uh, and that's a really hard scene to kind of make shine or, or to really show everything that you are capable of. I'm not saying there isn't value in, in uh, one or two line auditions or for a casting director or for an actor, but it can be difficult for an actor to really sh- uh, show off what they can do. So I wanted to find a way that uh, we could kind of do something that we had in the community uh, when I started, which was um, you know, these showcases where a casting director or like three casting directors would come out to a theater in a night and they would watch 20 actors take the stage, do scenes. The good um, old days. I remember old, those days. Do you remember those? <laughs> God, yes. Yeah, We're talking so, about 15 years ago, people, not pre-lockdown. Pre-COVID. Oh, no, no. Yeah, this is, this is I, when, I, I, when I started, I came out here in 97 and mm-hmm. I think I did a showcase in 98 or 99 and it was three casting directors that I had never met. I had already been working in the industry for a year. I had already booked plenty of gigs, but you know, you've got, you end up seeing certain casting directors and other casting directors, just there, you're just not on their radar. And so it's, how do I get on their radar? Mm -hmm. So this was one of those avenues and, you know, casting also used to do a lot more pre-screens and go-sees. Remember those when you would pre-reads, I miss that. that time. It was amazing. I know Jackie was doing some like a few years back, like I want to say three years ago, she was doing some, some for like younger kids almost, which I thought was great. And it is nice to be able to submit your younger talent and get them in front of casting as well. So it's one thing to do the open call, but like, I think what we loved and I think Kurt and I are 
missing is they used to pre-read before every episode. Like on the, on the Thursday, they do pre-reads Friday was the additions and Friday and it was callbacks. So if you made it through the pre-read, it was like, yes, you went in the next day, you auditioned, and then you might even get a callback. Like it was incredible to go from a pre-read to a booking. It was amazing. Sid Sid Kozak had one day a week or one day every second week where he would just see new people, you know? Oh, I know. Same with Korean mirrors. All the Karine time. did that as well. Yeah, actually, All my first audition with Corrine was was that, and I still remember that. Go see. It was it was just me and her in the room, and I had I had four scenes, and each scene had one line. It was like <laughs> we just spotted them on I ninety five, or you know, the van's out back. <laughs> kind of I was like a deputy, and uh, I remember walking in the room and doing the audition. And you know, her sitting on the couch, wait in in, in the old old office where they used to cast. And, uh, and for me, this was like a, a huge moment because I moved out to Vancouver knowing that X-Files was being shot out here mm-hmm. and that there was an industry because of that show. And, and so all of my attention was, was uh, really getting on that show. This wasn't for X-Files. This was for Millennium. Oh God, show. Millennium and Outer <laughs> Limits. Yes, I've been yes. around that long to know about all these shows. And so yeah. I, I did my audition. Corrine goes, uh, great. Can you come back at two o'clock for the director and producer? Exactly. Uh, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, yeah. uh, it was, I, I ended up booking that gig and it was, it was such a great intro to them and their office and just having mm-hmm. that moment in the room with them without the camera and just being yeah. able to say, hi, this is who I am. So I wanted to create something that, that gave actors a chance at that. Um, and so what I did was, uh, created this thing, this platform where actors can submit a two minute audition of material of their choosing, something that showcases them really well. And, uh, something that they feel that they could get booked in kind of thing. And they submit it to the platform and then an, uh, a panel of industry professionals, uh, and mostly what that's turned into is veteran actors, actors in the city. So, um, they look at the submissions and, uh, and, and each submission gets at least two panelists reviews basically. And from those reviews, we create a top 50 and then that top 50 gets a third panelist review, um, which generates feedback, right? There's, there's, uh, there's like tick boxes, things you're doing well, things you can work on. There's a numeric score. And then there's also like a paragraph for the panelists to write a little bit about what they're seeing, uh, what actors can work on. And so like actual feedback about your audition. Um, and then from that top 50, uh, a, a top 10 is determined. And uh, what's happened is that I've, I've contacted uh, uh, the casting directors in the Vancouver community, and basically they've agreed to see the top 10. So every showcase has one casting director associated with it. And that casting director will see those 10 people individually, uh, either for an audition or for, we just did one in Toronto with Lisa Parrison. And, uh, and so she's, she wanted to, she wanted to have uh, a conversation about the audition that they had done and submitted and talk to them about their career. So that was a cool little change up for us in Toronto. Um, and, uh, and it's been great. Uh, the, the top 10 have gone in, um, for we've had now eight showcases in both cities. Uh, and, uh, and it's been fantastic. 
I want to bring up something. Nicole and I recently watched a showcase that was online. Picking content, you guys, for you mm. to read. This is critical. Whether you're applying to artist to artist or you are a young student in a school or you're doing a showcase for agents online, especially with right now, please pick something that is age appropriate and something that actually suits your personality. Because we saw an array of disaster in the recent showcase we saw. Right, Nicole? It was, it was a lot. Pieces, yeah. These pieces do you were very find, do you help? Yeah. Kurt, do you help them pick anything or, or lead them in the right direction for those who have um, gone from, let's say, the top 50 to the top 10? Uh, yeah, there's some instruction on the website about what kind of material to choose um, and what kind of material not to choose. Mm -hmm. Not choosing something like really iconic. You know, we don't want to see... Uh, Spider-Man or, or even something that is, that is semi-well-known, like, like Breaking Breakfast Bad. Club or something or, that's like yeah. a famous scene, like Meg Ryan, everyone wants to read that scene on the plane in French Kiss <laughs> when Meg Ryan's struggling. Like I've heard this scene, I can't tell you probably a hundred times in yeah. my career. Yeah. yeah. There I mean, are Goodwill hunting comes up a lot too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Goodwill, I don't need to see. <laughs> It's it's hard. I find What's it a take back. What do you mean you want to take back? You don't want to go to California <laughs> with me? <laughs> um, I find it difficult because I think in general, because if you've seen those movies, those iconic movies, those iconic scenes, you shift directly into that. Oh, that's the way so-and-so did it. So I think it's sometimes hard to take yourself out or take the original character or the original actor out of that scene and yeah. create your own. It's diff it's I find it can be a difficult transition. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's really difficult for an emerging actor uh, to really understand what is iconic and what isn't right. Uh, you know, they might think that a movie from 20 years ago is, is fair game. And, 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 and that's classic to us. Exactly <laughs> yes. it. The like, people who are watching, it's like <laughs> yesterday for us, but I just want to, I just want to reiterate, please choose a scene wisely. If you're ever auditioning for an agent, auditioning for a showcase, it is so imperative that you choose sides that make sense for you. And I, I think some people are like, oh, I want to challenge. I'm going to do something that, you know, makes sense to show range. Sure. But there was one that was like, this girl looked like she was 16. I know she was probably older, but she was talking about being married with children. And you're just like, I can't, I can't, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's something as simple as it doesn't suit what you look like. Yeah. You may feel it, but it's always better to kind of play something a little safer. And what I mean by that is something that is very much in your wheelhouse for something like this. And then when it, you do get an agent and you do get that exposure, then start widening and thinking, outside the box and doing more extreme scenes as we can call it. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the, you know, stuff that shows range is a good idea, but um, you don't want to push your range so much that, that, you know, you're outside of that wheelhouse or you're outside of, of your age range or, you know, or what you're capable of right at that moment. Right. Um, yeah. You know, stretching too far uh, and, and trying for something that you're not quite ready for. Maybe that's not the best foot forward first. Right. You want to start with something that you feel like you can really handle and, and give life to, and that you're excited about too. Like I, you know, uh, choose something that really gets you going. 
um, and that you can connect to. So those, yeah, those things are really important. And that's part of the feedback that we end up giving because ultimately actors need to be responsible for these choices. They're going to be responsible when they present themselves to agents. Um, They're going to be responsible for these choices when they, when they start doing stuff like this Uh, and, and learning how to market yourself and, and knowing what you are and what you have to offer, I think is really, really important. So, uh, so yeah, the, the idea with artist to artist was, was finding a way to, to serve that need and then serve like the needs of casting as well, because at the end of the day, it's it's not really the casting director's fault that this can't happen anymore. These showcases or these go-sees or pre-screens. Casting directors, I mean, you guys have talked to them. Casting directors are crazy busy right now. They are just as overwhelmed as we are. And, uh, I, you know, the, the amount of time that they have to be able to go through submissions, they typically casting directors have like a team working for them now. Right. Um, and so, you know, finding a way for them to help or help them find these emerging actors in the city was also a goal. Um, you know, a primary goal. I didn't want to just serve like just actors. It's like, how can I help casting directors, actors, and agents too? Um, you know, throwing out our, our, we ask people when they submit, if they're looking for an agent, uh, and if they want to be submitted to every agency in the city. Um, so if they get into the top 20 of people who are looking for an agent, I end up submitting all the uh, uh, all those top 20 to every agency. I don't know if you guys have gotten those lists. Um, I was just going to say, I've never been on your list, so we have to have some talking too. <laughs> you know what? I, think- I actually said that to Nicole, but I want to, before I give you shit about that, I want to go back about something. Okay. I want everyone to understand the reason why there's no pre-reads anymore. I mean, I'm talking pre-COVID yeah. was because the budgets were cut so drastically for casting and, you know, they were only given so many hours to cast an episode. So they had to deflect to the people they knew and the people they know would do the job that they needed to see in the room. It's such a shame. I love those days of the pre-reads, but the funny thing is you'd get the occasional actor who would go to a pre-read who thought he was, or she was bigger than a pre-read and would call me yelling. It was just a fucking pre-read. There was no camera on me. But like you said, the, what was so beautiful about pre-reads, it was more like a meeting, like a hangout. You were in a room, no camera, no well, other than the cast director might be scary to you, but it was very comfortable and you took that time to chat. And it, it's such a shame because like you said, that's missing. These old school showcases, I used to go and pick up amazing talent. So I think it's really brilliant that you are doing this, but yes, why the fuck have we not been on your list? You are on my list. You are on my I list. I have never seen check. a package come through. You know, what's, you know what's hard is actually getting past people's spam filters. So check your check your spam filter because I I have sent everything to every agency in the city. Yeah, but um, hold and- on, which email? Because my emails changed three times in twenty four years. Could oh, you imagine wow. if you were still at performers at shaw.ca that's been closed for at least 15 years? Like that's my old, old, old school. All right. Email. After we finish up this, I will, I will, we'll, we'll go through our credentials and we'll see if we've got, uh, who the hell are we interviewing? Yes. Who is this guy? I've never even heard of artist, artist, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> Something that I really about, love. Yeah. Just um, it's the roasting, roasting <laughs> of right. Kurt. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, something on the website, artist, artist, that I really thought was, uh, so, so valuable for all actors was the, um, 
the list of how how the casting or how the artists artists have are critiquing. And I love the preparation, authenticity, and storytelling because I really think authenticity and storytelling a lot of times is missed when we're receiving these tapes, and especially with those one liners. Um, I know we've talked to a lot of actors and I think sometimes they think, oh, it's just one line. They go into the room or they throw it on tape and they just throw it away. But I love the idea of (laughs) what's the story behind it? How was your day? What happened before? What's the situation? What are the relationships? And I think sometimes that piece is missed in, in self tapes or in auditions or, or, or when the actor is working with something. Yeah, backstory is is absolutely critical. It's the foundation, right? It's what it's the stage that you're standing on that that character is standing on in that moment. So finding a way to connect to that and having specifics to be able to connect with it are critical. And it's amazing how easily you can spot it when they're not there. Mm-hmm. You know, when they're missing. Uh, well, they're so- also not authentic, or they're surface acting. And I think yeah. one of the biggest things Nicole and I talk about is you have to be vulnerable. You have to affect your audience. And if you are surface acting and you're not letting the lines penetrate you or speak from your heart, you know, how are you affecting your audience? You have to move us. When we watch a TV show, when we watch a movie, the reason why we're left breathless or scared or, you know, well, turn on whatever you want to say, um, is because you're affecting your audience. And I think new actors, as well as, you know, veteran actors, there are days that we have hard times or weeks, or especially this year where you still have to allow your vulnerability shine through. And that authenticity will work if you allow yourself to be vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great, I thought it was a great checklist for, you know, great resource for all actors. Yeah, it was difficult to create, uh, you know, and it was on that idea of how do you actually score acting, which Mm -hmm. for me, I, I, you know, I kind of am repulsed a little bit by that idea. And it was a hurdle for me to actually get over in terms of trying to figure out if I could do this and how I could do it. Um, But it was a matter of figuring out like, all right, well, if I had to do it, because that's the only way to create a top 10, how would I go about doing it? And it was really going through my, uh, you know, my, my experience teaching and trying to figure out what I, what I often talk about with actors um, and figuring out what is really important and how to, how to put that into a number. Um, you know, that was, that was the tricky bit. And, uh, and I, I think a lot, like the feedback that I've gotten about it too, is that a lot of actors really, uh, do appreciate all of that detailed feedback, you know, like you, you, you aren't listening, you, you know, your, your backstory is weak. You're uh, you got to memorize more or, or the technical elements of it, right. The, uh, the lighting is horrendous or your framing is way off or bring your eye lines closer to the lens. There's so, there's a billion things that actors can do that are, are sometimes just a little off that can throw us as a viewer from really enjoying and, and, and becoming engrossed in our work. So, and I think that's the difference too, because that's the one part that you can control. And I know that this is an industry with no control. Um, you don't know when you're going to get your next job. You don't know if the casting director is going to love that scene, but those are the elements that you can control within your own realm. Oh, what yeah. casting directors are saying constantly is they can't stand how messy people's houses are. <laughs> it is such drop. a simple thing. Clean your home if you're doing a self-tape or at least clean that area. Get a backdrop. Or drop. have a blank wall. Don't try yeah. and go against 
some weird background. I think background. it's the slate. It's the slate. It's the oh. zoom out on the slate. Oh, I've got a trick. I've got a trick. Yeah. I've got a trick. I, I, I figured this out. Finally, it took me, I don't know how many, 40 self-tapes to finally figure this out because casting directors are always asking for the, the full body slate, right? And, mm-hmm. and you don't want to pull back because, you know, your wall is only so big or your curtain or whatever you're standing in front of is only so big. So you end up seeing the floor and the whatever uh, and all the stuff to the left and right of you. So what I've started to do was actually turn my camera into uh, you know regular not horizontal mode but vertical mode and and shoot myself from standing way back shoot it like that and then when I edit it I just make it the same size as everything else and so you've got two black bars on left and right and you only see the full body which is yeah. what they want. Uh, yeah. And then also you don't lose resolution because you're not as far away as you'd have to be if you turned it vertically. Um, yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't look quite as uh, bad and grainy and you lose all that left and right. I yeah. was so proud of myself. You'll, no. you'll never. <laughs> no, it's good. We have a couple actors that have done that. And you know, if you're solo, that's perfect. Now, if you have someone working behind the camera, cause you have a bubble buddy or a partner at home or roommate, they also can do the pan up and down. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not favored, but just head all the way down slowly to toes, all the way back up. Uh, you know, we have to do what we can right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tricky. I mean, I, I, you know, doing those live Zoom callbacks, that is a whole other beast. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, having, oh, having, sure. to be, having to be your camera operator, because I didn't have a camera operator. I, was, I had to do it completely by myself. So, uh, you know, setting up the camera, setting up the lights, making sure everything's good, then logging into Zoom and then waiting and, and knowing that the second they click on, you are live. It's, yeah. it's, it's go. And so all of those things have to be in complete order. It's, uh, it's a lot. It's a and lot. And make sure to try your Zoom link. Nicole and I have had, I think, 90% of our Zoom callbacks, people are panicked five minutes before because they can't open the link. It's like, we told you to open it the night before, the morning of, like hours before. Let us know if there's a problem. Nope, nope. Oh, is right up against the time they're supposed to be on. And fuck, does that hurt hey, when it's we're just, panicking it's just and like, calling it, casting? It's Ugh. just like submissions for artist to artist. The showcase lasts a month from the first to you know the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, last, last showcase with Sean and JJ, we had uh, 40 submissions five days before the showcase closed. We ended up closing the, the showcase with 187 submissions. Wow. In five days, right? The I, actors love the drama of waiting to last minute. Well, <laughs> I'm going to wait. Wait, hold on. I've got three more hours. I'm going to hold on to this tape. Wait, okay, wait. I is can it, upload in five minutes. That's not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I don't blame them. I mean, if I'm given extra time, I will take it. <laughs> so don't be I, a fucking procrastinator. <laughs> Here's the oh, thing. That's the sooner that you can get those tapes uploaded right now for casting, they can view them. And then if there's any feedback or if they want you to do something, you still have time to make the adjustments. So yes, don't procrastinate. This, this is the problem. <laughs> Nicole and I have talked about this so much. Sometimes we have three days for self tapes. And people are waiting literally to 10 minutes before the deadline to send it to us. Where the ones that did send it the night before, we send it in. And then we got a message in the morning being like, oh, could you just ask them to do it this way? And you're giving yourself that chance to have that feedback. But if you're pushing it right up against the edge and the end of, you know, your deadline, well, you've just fucked yourself over. So yeah, Murphy's um, Law, half the time too, is that there will be some 
technology glitch and your file's too large and it's taking over an hour to upload to the site that you're trying to transfer it to and it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> and guess what? You miss it. <laughs> yeah. Bye. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're really happy that you've created this platform uh, for artists and new development new development actors. I can't talk today <laughs> um, to be seen because it is a new time. We have to get creative. And like you said, casting directors don't want to hire the same people over and over again. They do want to meet new faces. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're excited about it. Uh, and I, I mean, I just got some great feedback from Lisa in Toronto, um, talking about how, you know, she, she saw the top 10 and was blown away that these people existed in the city and she didn't know about them. Right. We love mm -hmm. Lisa Pearson. <clears throat> yeah. Lisa's mm -hmm. awesome. Um, yeah. so Finding a way to serve them, uh, I, I think, is, is it, for me, it's really important. You know, uh, I mean, there no casting director is making any money from any of these showcases. They're not taking any money, so you know they're doing it because it gives them it gives them this opportunity to you know give back first to the to the community and uh, and to see these new faces that they might not have might not have come in contact with before. How often do you do the showcase? Um, in Vancouver, we've done, well, we did uh, six in the last year and a half. So it's averaging one every two to three months. And That's so right. in Toronto, our first one, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to do one every two to three months in each city. Uh, that would be the ideal. Um, it would be interesting if you did like a mini artist to artist, like under the age of 17 or something, or under you the know, age of 18, and just you know, push to someone like Larissa Mayer who casts all the young shows or Kenneth Selzinga who handles a lot of the Disney. Do you know what I mean? That'd be pretty incredible because I know that that's where they struggle the most is trying to yeah. find the youth talent. Yeah, it's it's youth and over 50, right? Um, I was about to say yeah. over 50. So, yeah. so let, me, let me talk about the over 50 first because mm -hmm. uh, I, got, I got contacted by uh, UBCP, um, the Age Inclusive Working Group Committee. And, uh, and they asked me to design a showcase just for union members that are above 50. Um, so this hasn't actually been announced yet, uh, uh, technically, but it has now, uh, it has now, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. it's going to be very soon. Um, so we're going to do one and, uh, and every single casting director in Vancouver has agreed to watch these submissions. Um, so they're going to watch actually the top 20. Um, it's not going to be quite the same as a regular showcase in that, uh, these, these, uh, the, the actors who make the top 20 aren't going in for individual auditions, but the casting, every casting director will get those top 20 and get to, uh, watch them. Um, so that's awesome. Um, and for the kids one, I, I have wanted to do one, but I, 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 for me as a parent, I want to be really careful, uh, with with working with kids uh, or, or actors that are under 16, because if you're above six, 16 and older, you can audition for, or you can submit to a regular showcase. And I, I've been asked to create something for, for younger actors, but it's uh, I'm really sensitive to it. And I, you know, I mean, as an actor, one of the things that happened to me was the first year I was out here, I got exploited. I, I got, uh, I paid $600 for a workshop that was being run from this, uh, by this actor coming up from LA. And it, you know, it turns out, uh, his acting experience had been uh, doing background on a movie. Um, and he was sold to us as something completely different. And, you know, th this happens all the time. So yeah. I want to, I, I wanted to create something that was like 
really not expensive. Um, and, and for kids, especially, I, I, I want to make sure that everything is, uh, um, done right. You know, I'm um, sure it will be honestly. I mean, right now the breakdowns are 50 plus. There are so many amazing roles for 50 plus. I know that's why casting is, and the union is begging you to do this, but yeah. I'm begging you to do a kid's one. Cause like I said, the, and I, Hey, if you need my help. I'm here. Even though I don't know who you are. I'm I kidding. Yeah. <laughs> never heard of you. No, never received. I just checked my search. I don't have a single email from oh, you. Uh, but anyways, well, I think so. We'll figure that out. No, even with you coming on and I'm going to be very honest here. I was like, okay, I want to do some research on this person because I have never supported the scouting events. I'm always very weary of anything that charges money, but it's different. Yeah. I understand that your cost is a small charge to facilitate what you're creating. And I do see the benefit to the artists. So we support you, Kurt. Oh, good. I'm glad. (laughs) You're like, it was fine if you did. And I'm still good. (laughs) Sorry. Even though he's with my ex fiance as an agent. (laughs) That's points for or against. I don't know. Oh, he's a good guy. All right. Good. (laughs) I'm the better agent, but he's a good guy. Gotcha. (laughs) You know what? Um, He's just waiting here. He's going to come into the Zoom call. Uh, Awesome. Bring him on. That would actually be really funny. Walk down memory lane. Because I did my research too, Michelle. And... And (laughs) I think that is important. I think everyone needs to do research. And I think that's a valuable point. Like you said, you don't want to get swindled by people selling something that they, you know, don't have to offer. So especially nowadays for for those scouting events, right? Nicole, we talk about this all the time. Watch out for those scouting events. There's ones that charge like two, $3,000. Yeah. And they advertise, you know, this is a Disney casting or Disney movies. And, you know, you get those big headliner kind of names in there. And I really don't know how they do it, how they get away with it consistently and why more legal challenges haven't been made. Um, But even to people who like start with an agency and then they're charged a fee to be a part of the agency as well, like scam. No, do not go near that. That was going on. That was actually going on when I first started in Vancouver Mm -hmm. and right after, I think, I can't remember when this happened, but 98, 99, somewhere around there. Um, And I want to say it's TAMAC. Is that right? Yes. What's the the agency that governs agencies? It's TAMAC. Mm -hmm. So uh, there were a whole bunch of regulations put in place to prevent that from happening. So at Mm -hmm. least in Vancouver, I don't think that's possible anymore. Um, Same with the labor board. The labor board requires us to give a bond. It did when I got my license over 22 years ago. I had to pay a thousand dollar bond. If anybody, if I charge anybody any fee, that bond was removed and then I was fined and then my license was revoked. So just, you know, but guess what? It still happens. Does so everybody watch out. Don't pay. If you have to pay to get an agent, don't do it. It's or if you have to legit. go to one, one photographer, you know, like oh. this is the only photographer you're allowed to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Or They're this is the only class that you have to take this class. Oh, all right. <laughs> you got, you got to be weary of it. Mm-hmm. Things that you do have to pay for is you do have to pay to get onto one of the casting sites. You do have casting to pay workbook. Casting workbook charges for you to have a profile on there. It does. But the agents do not receive any kickback on that whatsoever. Yeah, no, that's important. (laughs) That's important to talk about. Yeah. Casting workbook has been great for that. The Mm -hmm. uh, kind of streamlining a lot of things that had been done in binders previously. Oh Um, my God, the binders. (laughs) (laughs) 
I have nightmares thinking about the headshot binders and restuffing right. new resumes and dropping off the binder updates to all the casting directors. Is that, For is those trigger, of you that are young, word? yes, well, I couldn't imagine that's how we used to submit you is via binder. I know. Like, and fax machines. Remember those? <laughs> Michelle told me the old school way that you guys would do that. Like she would get the breakdown. Then you would have to like submit all your people paper wise, like resumes, headshots, and then ship off this packaged casting. We would courier a package per breakdown that we'd have faxed to us. But I think the funniest one, as I remember a long time ago, it was Maureen Webb. She was handing out scripts and she just stood on the corner and like was like giving out scripts as all the agents were driving by and handing their package and we were picking a script. Like it's just... And then I remember, I mean, I was very poor way back in the day. And I, I remember I had to spend all my money on this massive photocopier that took up a quarter of my apartment. It felt like with what I could afford back in the day, because I had to print scripts for all my actors, any actor that was auditioning, you always got a script. That's another thing we don't talk about anymore. Casting never provides scripts anymore, unless it's an offer or unless it's a, a, a pilot and that you are, you know, you got the script through normally your LA rep or your agent's buddy in LA. Cause normally we don't get them here. We're back in the day. We got a script for everything. So I would have like 15 scripts printing at once. And I would have them sitting outside on my steps with different sticky notes from different actors. And the actors would just come by and grab the scripts and go. Yeah. So it's such a weird thing. You'd print sides and script and they'd all come pick them up. So we didn't have computers. It was way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so- my first purchase was a fax machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me too. That and a beeper. Okay. Yeah. And a beeper, of course, a beeper. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I feel like we need beepers again, or at least notifications for actors to <laughs> know when auditions or self tapes are coming in. <laughs> Who like wants to buzz people? I feel like I need to like have a, a personal beeper on everyone. Cause I feel like a bounty hunter half the time when it was, um, when they were going in the room, I hated it. Cause it five o'clock hit and I'm trying to chase down people to get confirmations that they can make it to the audition. So you need yeah. to shock everything, shock therapy, little, little <laughs> implants. <laughs> Anyways, let's go back to you, Kurt, for a minute, sure. since I've taken us down the rabbit hole of, uh, you know, the old, old days, old, <laughs> old days. So what advice do you have to actors? Uh, well, uh, I think the advice kind of stems from different, uh, depending on where they are in their career, right? Um, uh, if they're just starting, I think a lot of what we've talked about already today is really important. Choosing material that represents you well is really critical. Um, getting into class, um, whatever class you might take, you know, find a teacher that resonates with you and, and then look for variety in that as well. Look for other teachers, look for other coaches, look for other voices out there that will help you, uh, on this, on this path. But at the end of the day, you have to know how to do this without those people, without teachers, without coaches, without people poking you to get whatever result that you're looking for. So finding out how you work, what your process is, right? What, what, what do you need to do to prepare for an audition? What do you need to do uh, to, to get yourself into that space where you feel like you can give justice, do justice to this role? Um, and, uh, and for me, that was, that was a, a, a long road to try to figure that out because if I don't, if I didn't, I realized pretty quickly, I was going to go broke on, on coachings and, and classes. So nothing wrong with coaching in classes, but at the end of the day, you've really got to learn who you are and what makes you tick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then take chances, <clears throat> really take chances. I, I, I know the first, 
the first year, two years that I was working here, a lot of the roles that I booked were role, were for parts where I took a big chance on. And I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go in the room and try this. I think this might work. It doesn't break the script. It tells the story still, but it's a, a choice that no one else I know will make. And uh, I've had I had some of my most rewarding moments on set and in audition rooms doing that. Um, uh, you know, some didn't work. Some some you know they they would ask for a redirect and go back to you know kind of the the standard way to approach. But I I I really loved that part of it. It was part of the reason why I got into acting. Um, you know, it was fun. It was interesting. It was exciting to crack the code of the script and figure it out and. Um, so if it's not fun, if it's not interesting, uh, you're probably doing something wrong. You know, find a way to make it fun for you. Uh, get interested in in the stuff that you're that's being put in front of you by your agent. Um, and even if it's just a one line, that uh, that role that I was telling you about with uh, Crane uh, uh, way way back in the day for Millennium. You know, it was a four line part in spread over four scenes. And I had rehearsed that before I walked in the room. I probably rehearsed for three hours. Those those four lines after my first audition with her, I had four hours to kill. And I was in that we were in that uh, that mall right next to the North Shore Studios. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know that place. So, you know, I had my coffee and I read the newspaper and then I was like, what else am I going to do? So I went in the park that's right there and I started running it and I discovered stuff in that, in that four hour time span in these four little lines. And I, I will never forget the look on Kareen's face when I did those four lines again, better than when I had in the morning when I first saw her, she didn't say anything. It was just like this silent little communication of I see what you've done there, you know, <laughs> and uh, and so push yourself, you know, get bored and then get interested. Find a way to get yourself uh, reinvigorated in it. Um, and for, you know, seasoned actors out there uh, who, who have done it, for, who've been doing it for a while and who are looking to find a way back in, you know, same advice in terms of getting getting out there and getting to classes and getting interested. Um, find find out where that spark is for you and reignite it. Um, read scripts. God, read, read full scripts. Get better at reading scripts just in general. Um, learn how to break down a script quickly. Uh, you know, getting an audition from an agent at eight o'clock at night for a 10 a.m. audition that's, you know, if not in the room, then do by uh, is daunting and sometimes can be really, really frightening. But if you are if you develop the skills that are involved in learning how to read that script the first time, read it the second time, knowing how, what to look for, knowing how to break it down. You can get it prepared pretty quickly, but it's a muscle and it requires a workout. And so if you're not auditioning right now and if you're not working right now, why aren't you working that muscle, right? Why aren't you picking up scripts? There are a billion scripts online that you can choose from. Go pick one. And your agents have some too. <laughs> and your agents have some too. Absolutely. Don't bombard all your agents all at once asking for all their scripts. <laughs> you're not going to make friends. For you as an actor, what do you look for in an agent? That's a good question. Um, someone who's passionate uh, of not just about me, although that's important, um, <laughs> but passionate about the industry, like interested in it and is having fun, you know, in it and is clear uh, in their communication. Uh, they're and they're precise in what they do so that they, they have a good balance of like business sense and um, artistry. Yeah. 
I want to ask your final question, Nicole. Sure. Um, As uh, what advice? (laughs) Final question. (laughs) What would you give? What advice would you give your younger self getting into the industry? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Run. Don't do it. Turn away. (laughs) Good Lord. Go back to Winnipeg. Pick another Uh, path. (laughs) No. Um. Trust, trust myself more. I think that would be the the thing that I I wished I had. I, it took me a while to develop confidence, like enough confidence to really walk the walk. Um, and uh, and I wish I had just given myself that uh, earlier. But it's for you know looking back, I think that's something that comes with age too. You know, once I hit thirty. I, I started to care a lot less <laughs> about about that perception, that outside perception of who you are and and how you're doing. Um, and uh, I started to develop that self worth and and inner confidence. And I think that's really really critical. So if you can find that earlier, ooh, it's valuable. Um, being able to walk in the room or put yourself on tape for uh, something. <laughs> And again, and again, and again, and again, tape and again, and, and, and just, again. and just have that, have that confidence inside of you. That's, it's really hard to teach that. And it's really hard to fake it. Um, it just, it just is there or it's not. Um, and it sometimes is the defining factor for an actor as actors. We're, we're looking for a lot of times we're looking for any kind of feedback, right? Mm-hmm. Like any kind of input. So mm-hmm. we're, we're getting into our own heads. We yeah, let yeah. people in our heads really, really easily. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I'm, it's not just between actors to actors. I mean, Jesus, if I'm in the room and I see a director kind of look just a little bit on their, at their cell phone or something while I'm performing, it's like, oh, what was that? What did that mean? How did, right. how, what's, going, what's going on here? Are they, have I, have I lost it? Is this, is, you know? <clears throat> and um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta know how to filter not only that, but the input, yes, from other actors sometimes. For me, I kind of like hearing um, that my buddy got the two roles that I had auditioned for as well. You know, it doesn't hurt at all. <laughs> no, but you know, <laughs> when we do finally, if we ever go back in the room, cause there's chatter that that may never be a thing until we need to chem read or test, which would be yeah. so sad and definitely a lot more work for us moving forward. Uh, I think the most important thing is if someone Someone does look down at their phone. Keep in mind they are slammed just as much with directors, producers texting them, wanting to know instantly. And if they've seen the first 20 seconds of your work and they think you've done amazing, they will look down and it is nothing negative to you. It's very different if someone's pulling a face, like there's a casting director in town, I will not name names, similar to my name, um, who will have a face on. So their face looks like they're angry with you, but it's because they're nervous that they're not going to provide the producers with the right talent. So, yeah, I mean, they're just trying to do their job, right? And they're trying to do it the best, the best way they can. And I think at the end of the day, every casting director, you know, is, is out there to find uh, the best people for the role. And they're in your corner. If they brought you into the room, if they're seeing your, your tape, they are they have faith in you. Um, and so honor that faith and do the work, show up for it and, uh, and be ready for those challenges. Yeah. Being in the room is, is one of those challenges for sure. Actors are always asking us, what can they do to get in front of casting? Well, guess what? We've just given you a great idea. So contact artists to artists, get yourself seen and don't, especially if you don't have the money to do the casting director workshops, this is a way to get in front of casting. So Kurt, it was such a pleasure to meet you today. Thank you. And thank you so much for your time. Thanks so much. 